It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Experience the unconventional. Evening, boss. The unpredictable. What's happening? And the completely unorthodox. Exactly. With rule-free Ian Lee. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I've got no internet for the last four days. On Talk Radio. Is that guitar sound? And that that's filth. Listen. Uh, the MC5. It's not. You know, they're not the Beatles. They're not the Who. They're not the Kinks. They're not the Beach Boys. But if you know your '60s music, you'll be aware of them. Mainly for the line "Kick out the jams, uh, mother funkers." I think I can say. Um, but they, they're a really important band. They're, they're a, sonically important and, and musically important. Uh, and the dude responsible for that ridiculous guitar sound, Mr. Wayne Kramer. Wayne joins me on the line now from Los Angeles. Good evening. Good afternoon, Wayne. Good afternoon to you and good afternoon to all my mainline mellows out there in <laughs> listening land. Oh, man. Well, that, uh, that guitar set. How did you... Cause the, when was that? 68, 69? 68, yeah, 1968. That October was, of 68. That was heavy for 68. That was heavy. How did you come up with such a heavy sound? Well, we tried to put as much energy into the music as we could, and uh, I found that if I cranked the amplifier up really high, I could get this great harmonic distortion. Yeah. And uh, that that became the key to that kind of heavy metal punk rocky kind of guitar tone and that's the thing you know there are loads of tracks and songs that, that claim to be the, inv- the birth of heavy metal and, and and the birth of punk rock you know you really got me by the kinks is, is is probably in the front runner but you were pretty much the first heavy metal band where everything almost everything you did was at that volume yeah yeah, we hadn't quite learned the subtle art of uh, <laughs> dynamics or uh, <laughs> or leaving yourself some headroom. You know, everything was balls to the wall. Do you remember what was the first gig like when when you when you you or the first rehearsal when you all realised, hey man, if we turn everything up, we get this wall of noise unlike anything. What what was that like when you discovered that sound? It 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 was kind of unlocking a mystery yeah. because we saved it all up 
for our final song of the night. Uh, and when we got to that point in the evening and we cranked our amps up, we could clear out the room in about 30 seconds. <laughs> and then we knew that this was really powerful. All we had to do is convince the kids that this was cool <laughs> and we'd have it made. Because 60, 67, 68, 69, obviously a lot of psychedelic kind of stuff going on, which could be argued a bit, bit, bit heavy, and Big Brother and Janis Joplin and all of that. But, you, I mean, you were doing gigs with bands like The Grateful Dead and some of the softer, softer noises... You must have stuck out like a sore thumb, Wayne. They didn't like playing with us. Really? Yeah, when they would come to Detroit, they would ask to have other bands open for them because if they had to play with the MC5, we always hurt their feelings. (laughs) How did you hurt their feelings? Well, in the first place, uh, most of those bands had terrible rhythm sections. Yeah. You know, I'm from Detroit, and I grew up on Motown rhythm sections. Yeah. Uh, James Jamerson on bass, and Benny Benjamin, and Pistol Allen playing drums. So that was where the bar was set for Detroit drummers and bass players. And the the West Coast bands, the I just thought the rhythm sections were underpowered. And then the guitar players all sounded like folk musicians who bought an electric guitar. Right, yeah. Uh, like they should have been in the new Christy Minstrels or something. <laughs> and none of them knew how to rock it. And so if they had to play with the MC5, we would yell at them, kick out the jams or get off the stage. <laughs> uh, listen, you've got the book out, The Hard Stuff, Dope Crime, The MC5, and My Life of Impossibilities. I've got to be honest, Wayne, I only got it today, so I've only flicked through it. But I've, re- I've read bits of it. I've read loads of reviews about it, glowing reviews everywhere. I guess the question is, how the hell are you still alive, sir? Well, on one hand, I never wanted to destroy myself. Right. Even uh, much of my behavior was self-destructive. I really always look forward to waking up in the morning and seeing what the day held for me. Really? Even never... even when you were doing heroin, even when you were, were, were sent to prison, you, you, you still enjoyed life? Yes. I, I, I never was so depressed that I wanted to, to end it all. Um, the other the other reason I'm still here is I was lucky. Yeah. You know, Jimi Hendrix didn't mean to die the night he died. Yeah. I, I don't think that all the people that are abusing opiates today that are dying of overdoses, I don't think they all mean to kill themselves. But, you know, uh, they were unlucky. They didn't know what they were injecting. They took too much. And it's, you know, when you put a needle in your arm, that's serious third-degree game playing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very dangerous behaviour. All of the reviews of the book, it gets glowing reviews over here in the UK. I don't know if you've seen them, but they, they all love it. And um, it, it, unflinching is the word that I've seen pop up in a few. You you spill everything in this book, don't you? I, tr- I tried to be as honest as I was capable of. Rigorous honesty. Um, and did you find that difficult? Was Was there any... Was there anything that you kind of were thinking, man, this is too heavy? Or was it just, I'm going to put it all out there, I'm, I'm handing this over? There were things um, that mostly had to do with other people. Right. I, you know, I have no problem uh, uh, talking openly and honestly about my own shortcomings and my own defects of character. Um, 
you know, my my solipsism knows no limits. My shallowness uh, is bottomless. <laughs> I can talk about those things. But, it, it, you know, I don't it's not my place to talk about other people's bad behavior. So I found myself having to be kind and to be generous. And if I didn't have something good to say about somebody, then just don't say it. What is interesting? That was, that was hard, you know. Sometimes, yeah. uh, you know, you you have feelings, or you go through something with someone, and you say, "Yeah, but it's not really my place to talk about somebody else's behavior." Was your was was the kick out the jams, motherfunkers? Let's just say, was that the first time that the f bomb had been dropped on a record? Actually, it wasn't. Oh, um, David Peel and the Lower East Side right. put out their record. Um, up against the wall, mother funker. Thank you. Um, well done. Before us. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave, could David Pill, people might remember that name because he did. A, he um, worked with uh, John Lennon a bit in the seventies, didn't he? He did. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, so you did that, but that was still an incredibly bold statement. You, you, the, what the sense I get from the bits I've read in the book and from what I know about the MC5 and the records of the MC5 is, uh, you guys didn't. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys didn't care what people thought about you. Well, that's not exactly true. Everybody cares what people think about them. But we we felt it was more important to express ourselves honestly, and that that word is a is a word that is used every day, a, a billion times in conversation around the world. And it was a natural way of speaking and expressing strong sentiments Mm. and that um, our right to express ourselves freely as artists was guaranteed in the United States Constitution. And uh, and we were free to include that in our work. Um, And a very political band as well. There was, you know, described in a lot of places as extreme left wing, but. Um, you guys were working closely with the Black Panthers as well, weren't you? We were correct. How did that? How did that come about? Was that before the band, or did, did they kind of did you gravitate towards each other as the band was taking off? Well, we were all part of a time in America where young people in general um, rejected the older generation's way of uh, doing things. Mm. We felt that. Uh, that uh, our parents' generation were mucking everything up. Yeah. And it was our responsibility uh, and our right to uh, to protest uh, the government policies that we disagreed with and to express our feelings uh, openly. And the Black Panthers said there needed to be a group in the white community to do parallel but separate work, and we said that's us. The radio show where the owls are not what they seem. Do you or have you ever watched Twin Peaks? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. We could be dreaming and meeting each other in our dreams. On Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, 
things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. Hello, I'm Martin Kellner. And I'm his daughter, Ruthie. We do a podcast, it's called Ruthie, Me and My Dad. In which I tell him how he's wrong about most things. And I explain to her who the Bee Gees were. It's on Acast and Apple Podcasts. And all your favourite podcast providers. It's a unique generation gap conversation between a baby boomer dad... And his Generation Z daughter. That's Ruthie, Me and My Dad. Brand new episodes every Thursday. The radio show that knows truth is always stranger than fiction. Week Monday, I get shoes. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Because they're too real to be part of my imagination. On Talk Radio. Do you think you changed anything? There was the, the big movement in the sixties. You know, you kind of look at the, the Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and 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 a lot of, and the Beatles and things. There was the the thought that music could actually change something. Do you think you guys did change anything? I think music has a role to play in change. Music can create community. If you like a. a Bob Dylan song, and I like that Bob Dylan song, then we meet in yeah. that song together. Um, it can provide um, kind of a news service where in the lyrics of the songs we can tell the stories of our life and the things that are happening around us and how we feel about that. And we can provide inspiration. Mm. Music can, can inspire people to take positive action. Um, of course, Real political change takes more than just music. Mm. It takes actual political organizing and, you know, putting pressure on legislators and uh, organizing at the ballot to elect people that uh, agree with uh, your view. Um, and and I, th- I think that uh, that's, that's what we saw back in the day, and that's what I see still today. You know, did we change things? I believe we did. Um we ended the war in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. We helped bring civil rights uh, to the fore in America. We we started the environmental movement, uh, women's rights. Um, we finally looked like we've decriminalized marijuana. It only took 50 years. <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> Got there eventually. <laughs> but eventually, yeah, it's, I've, I've come to learn 
at at age 70 that change happens over much longer periods mm. of time than I thought when I was 20. But uh, it can happen if you go at it uh, full measures. Um, Mid-70s, you get busted for selling coke to undercover right. agents. Yep. Um, well, that moment that they, they kind of put the handcuffs on and said, sorry, mate, you're nicked. What, what did that feel? Do you, I mean, maybe you don't remember it, but what did that feel like? That must have been, you know, several years after the MC5 had split up. And was that a rock bottom for you? It, no, I, that particular moment wasn't. I, I hit a bottom a few months later. But in that particular moment, I just thought, oh, great, more trouble with the police. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which I was having a lot of in those days. And, of course, I remember it. I'll never forget it. And you were you in trouble with the police a lot because you, you were using heroin at that point? Yeah, and I, I associated with uh, some, some uh, unscrupulous characters and... Uh, you know, kind of a, a bad, uh, lower companions, you could call them. That's a great phrase. Oh, I'm having that, lower companions. Did you touch your guitar in that period? Or, or did you sell it? Or was it just like getting dusty in a room? What, what, what was your attitude towards music then? I was playing all along. In, right. in fact, I, I was trying to finance my band by my illegitimate capitalism. Wow. <laughs> He's got the best turn of phrase. So really, so you were selling the coke to try and get the band going? Well, it takes money to get a band off the ground. <laughs> and sometimes it takes cocaine to get a band off the ground as well, I've, I've heard. <laughs> I've heard. When did you, um, when did you get clean, uh, um, Wayne? Because I, I don't want to, you know, of course all that the, the drug stuff is exciting and stuff, but I, I'm in recovery myself. Um, and I just, uh, and I want to kind of celebrate the fact that, you, yeah, you are still alive and you're 70. And you're right, a lot of people from that era didn't make it, including some of your bandmates. Um, That's right. So when did you get clean? When did you go, ah, this ain't working for me anymore. I need to do something a bit different. I, I stayed out there till I was 50 years old. Wow. Man. Long time. Yeah. Long time. You know, it's, we say it's a long walk into the woods and it's a long walk back out. And even though I had, I had stopped uh, uh, injecting drugs and I had stopped uh, dealing drugs, you know, I, I still drank and I used prescription medication for years. Yeah. And then, and then finally, at age 50, I realized that, you know, my time here is finite and I have a lot I want to do still. And if I keep going the way I'm going, I'm not going to live much longer. And so I, I, uh, I, fought, I was very lucky. I asked some guys to help me uh, figure out a way to live where drinking and drugs wasn't necessary. And so, you know, for the next 20 years, I've been able to have a productive and, and uh, rewarding life. I, I live a decent life today. Mm. Uh, I, I don't win the Academy Award, and I'm not wealthy, but I, I'm productive, and I, I don't lie to people, and I don't steal, and mm. I don't play people, and uh, I can sleep pretty well at night. Can, can I ask how you did it, how you got clean? Were you going to meetings? Did you just stop? Was it religion? What worked for you? Yeah, I did go to meetings. I, I became a fervent 12-stepper. Yeah. And and really embraced that uh, that group for about, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13 years. And then I started to see 
a bigger world outside of the 12-step community that there were other people that cared about alcoholics and addicts, and there was a lot of other thinking going on and a lot of work being done, and uh, that that wasn't the only way. That there were there were many ways to to uh, to treat the the mental disorder of addiction. Mm. It is an inspiration, and and you know the fact that you got because we have a lot of people struggling with alcohol and drug issues who listen to this show, you know, because it's a late night show and people get lonely and they phone us up in all kinds of states. So I think it will be inspiring to hear that at fifty, you know, that's a, that's incredible that you managed to do that. Um, yeah, you're coming I to be the new guy at fifty. <laughs> you're um you're coming to the UK soon, aren't you? We are, yes, in in November. What, who who's coming with you? And what 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 is it? It's uh, MC50. We'll have uh, it'll feature Kim Thiel, the great Soundgarden guitarist. Wow! Wow! Billy Billy Gould, Faith No More bassist. Yeah. Um, the powerful Fugazi drummer Brendan Canty. Yeah. Uh, our secret weapon Marcus Durant on lead vocals, and yours truly. Beautiful. Uh, singing and dancing like a fool. <laughs> Hey, listen, man. You 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 know you know your position. You're a paid monkey. D- dance for us. Come on, do it. We'll throw coins hey, and you perform. I'll be, I'll, I'll be busting a move. <laughs> and do you still get the same buzz from it at, at, at seventy as you did when you were you were twenty? It's much better today because really? the music is so much better. Yeah. yeah. When when I was twenty, uh, some of the guys in the band were still struggling with their instruments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Today, you know, all the guys in in the band are performing at the peak of their skills and talents, and the MC5 never sounded this good. Um, there's just uh, the, the, one of the reviews I read is the Guardian review, which is which is is glowing, it, you know, it, and it's it's got such a great opening line. Um, it describes you as a self saboteur. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. I am the architect of all, almost all my own trouble. There's some that uh, I will uh, not accept, and I will put squarely where I think it belongs on the war on drugs. Mm. Uh, this was the greatest failure of social policy in America's domestic history. Uh, drugs should never have been a police uh, criminal justice issue. It should always be a medical issue. Mm a psychological, a spiritual issue, but not a police issue. Uh, it was, you know, the, pr- drug prohibition has killed more people than drugs ever could. I agree. Oh, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah. Wayne, brother, it's, it's such a thrill to, to speak to you, honestly. Um, I, I, hopefully I'll get to come and shake your hand during one of the, your shows in November. The book is by Wayne Kramer. I'm, I've tweeted the link. I'll tweet it again. It's called The Hard Stuff, Dope Crime, The MC5, and My Life of Impossibilities. I'm going to be devouring it this weekend when I go up to Scotland. Wayne, it's, it's such a thrill to talk to you, man. I wish you the best of luck with the book and uh, the best of luck with the tour. Thank you so much. It's, you, you're very kind to say those things, and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all my friends in England, uh, all my hard rockers. Um, we're 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 gonna bring we're gonna bring the balls to the wall, rock. <laughs> I love you, man. We're gonna, we're gonna send a message to Donald Trump. Oh God, can you send it to our prime minister? Every everything is falling apart at the moment, man. These are really weird times, aren't they? Well, you know, I've I've been studying it, and I'm I'm convinced I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but but I don't 
but I don't think that this is a fantasy. I think that we're all um, the victims of a brilliant uh, international uh, political effort based in Russia. Uh, Putin was very sharp in in spreading disinformation yeah. and dis, and dissent in both of our countries yeah. uh, that caused Brexit, that caused Trump to be elected. And, and I don't think these things happened in a vacuum. You know, if you start connecting the dots, um, it all goes back to the KGB and, and uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, I, I could talk to you all night about this stuff, Wayne. We'll have to get you on again at some point. Um, Happy to. Hey, listen, man. Thank you for the songs. Thank you for the music, and thank you. Um, um, you know, thank you for chatting. It's, it's such a thrill for me, man. So, thank you very much, Wayne. We'll speak again soon. Take care of yourself. Thank you, brother. Wayne Kramer, ladies and gentlemen. If you could see the look on my face right now, Wayne Kramer from the NC Five. The book. I, honestly, I've only I got the book today, so I've skimmed it, uh, but I've read all the reviews glowing reviews you like a good rock and roll autobiography this one apparently it it tells you everything everything uh the the book is called uh the hard stuff dope crime the mc5 my life of impossibilities it's by wayne kramer it's at wayne kramer on twitter if you want to go and chat to him he replies when i tweeted him the other day saying wayne i'd love you to come on the show dm me whoa all right oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand this is talk radio Talk radio. Talk and entertainment across the nation. Talk radio. Give it some lift. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.